This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. This week, Pasha's Pasha's told us. We're moving along, we're moving along. Okay, so it begins like this. Ve'ela told us Yitzchak. Ve'ela told us Yitzchak, and these are the children of Yitzchak. Ben Avraham. Yitzchak was the son of Avraham, which we knew already, right? We all know that Yitzchak was the son of Avraham. And then the, the passage repeats itself. Avram, why would Yitzchak? If you tell me that, that Yitzchak is the son of Avram, why do you have to tell me Avram gave birth to Yitzchak, right? And also the other question is, it doesn't say the Tolos of Yitzchak. We have Yitzchak, right? These are the children of Yitzchak. It should say Yaakov and Esau. But then it doesn't tell us that. It just says Avram, why would Yitzchak? Where else does the Torah do this, you know? Where else the Torah does this? By Nayach. Ela told us, Nayach is true, Nayach, Nechish, Tzadik, that's not his kids, right? So this is the question. So Rashi says the following, which I know very well about. It says the following. Shekasav HaKasav Yitzchak ben Avram, Huskach Loim HaAvram, Hoi Lutas Yitzchak. That it's telling us that Avram gave, why? Lefisha Hoyu, Litzanei Hadar, Oyrim, Me'avimelech Nisarbasara. The Litzanei Hadar, the clowns, the internet, the social network, in those days, yeah, 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 that's what it means. That's what it means. Facebook, all this stuff, right? That's what it means. I'll show you how, how I know. Um, they were saying that, they were all saying when Yitzhak was born, that Yitzhak came from Abimelech. Why, says Rashi? She was all those years, 90 years, 80 years, 90 years, whatever, with Abraham. She didn't get pregnant. Right? Then one night she's with Abimelech, and right after that she gets pregnant. Must be that he's the father. What Hashem do? Tsar, class the parasha Yitzchak Demel Avram. Yitzchak looked exactly like Avram. Bo'idu ha'kol Avram wa'elis Yitzchak. Everybody admitted that Avram gave birth to Yitzchak. B'zeh ha'shakasav kain Yitzchak ben Avram ha'ya. Shari edish yish Avram wa'elis Yitzchak. Eilatol is Yitzchak ben Avram. Right, these are the children of Yitzchak ben Avram. And you think, Lutani Adar, that was Avimelech's kids. Avram wa'elis Yitzchak. But Avram gave birth to Yitzchak. Okay? Everyone understands this Rashi? I do not understand this Rashi at all. What's wrong with what Rashi's saying? Who couldn't have children? Sorry, Avram. Avram had Yishmael. They all knew Yishmael. So the problem was with Sarah, not with Avram. So that she got pregnant after being with Abimelech, what does it have to do with, with the man? Avram had Yishmael already. They're saying that you live so long with Sarah, live so long with Avram, not you get pregnant, it must be Abimelech. What are you talking about? Sarah was the Akara. Avram had Yishmael. Not only did Avram have Yishmael, not, not only did he have Yishmael, listen to this. What's up with this Lutzani Hadar guy, Chavra? Listen to this. He also had... Okay, this has nothing to do with my kasha, but just so you guys should know, because this happened after and Abraham got married again and he had a wife Keturah who was Keturah says Rashi was Hagar so he had six children with Hagar plus Yishmael seven children with Hagar and yes we had eight children Abraham had no problem having children so what is Lutzani Adar talking about? Where is that coming from? He, they knew Yishmael. They, 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 they knew he wasn't. They knew he was. Yishmael was born 13, 13 years before Yitzchak. So when she got pregnant with Yitzchak, Avram already had a son. So what is Lutzani Adar talking about? Why would it, why, what's going on? Over there? Oh. So when I went to Rashi, I was thinking about what happened to me in Tishabov. I got up, right? You all know the story. And I spoke for 56 minutes. And the Lutzane Hadar took three minutes out of it. And they spread this whole thing 
The Rebbe Wallerstein is, is, is anti-the-victims, he doesn't care about them, and he only cares about the abusers, and it went, as you know, it went viral, out of control, crazy, crazy out of control. Well, Tzani Adar, what are you talking about? He's the guy that takes care of these kids. He's the guy that speaks up for these kids. How can you say what you say? And the answer is, when the Tzani Adar get it, doesn't have to make sense. Doesn't make any sense what this what they said over here. Zero sense. Oshin Hara, Shemra doesn't make sense. The whole internet, what's going on on the social network, explains this Rashi. Doesn't make sense. You want to blog, you blog, and you make up a story. It's impossible for it to be true. Doesn't matter. Success. My father used to always say, success breeds contempt. Reach contempt. Somebody's doing well. Someone's doing good things. Nobody could, nobody could believe that that person's doing good things and it bothers them because they're not doing the good things, but that other person's doing the good things. Or somebody's wealthy or, you know, I was talking to my girls in seminary. I'm like, if you understand the, the human psyche, right? So I say, girls, tell me, I'll tell you the truth, right? These girls have a friend and she's a little younger than them and she gets married to this great looking rich guy. Right? So deep down, there's a little tinge of jealousy. So the girls in the class are like, no, I, I, I wouldn't be jealous. I'm like, let me ask you something. You were the first one to hear that after nine months, they're separated and they're getting divorced. Would you walk around and say, oh, I'm not going to tell anyone about this. This is so sad. Would you be all over the internet calling every one of your friends, putting on your, on your whatever message board, look who they're getting divorced. Why? Because deep down... You see? You see? You see what happened to her? You see? Don't be in such a rush to get married. You know? It, it helps you feel better about yourself. I said, I want you to just think about it. Tell me the truth. And if you tell me that it doesn't, that you're not happy, it's like people go by these houses, these mansions in Hollywood, right? So I once went, a guy was showing the mansions in Hollywood, in Bel Air, right? He's like, yeah, but you see that house? It's crazy houses. 25, 30 million dollars. He's like, yeah, but those, those two are getting divorced and that actor is sick with cancer. So he's like, oh, okay, so he has a nice house, but he's dying. You know, it makes the human being, it makes the human being feel, yeah, 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 it makes you feel a little better, you know? Oh, they don't get along. We're all like that. Success breeds contempt. Avramavino was at the top of his game. He was the, he was the richest. He was the Av, Av Goyim. So Lutsenia Dark couldn't leave it like that. They're like, oh, it's not his kid. It's not his kid. Avimelech was with her for a night. Idiots. What does Abimelech have to do with this? It was, she was the Akara. Not him. That's what happens when Yelitsane Hadar hasn't changed a drop. We got blogging and they had Yelitsane. How did Hadar talk to each other? In those days. Like, how, how many people could, how many people could have been talking about Avram Avinu? They didn't have phones. Right? Gossip has its own telecommunication lines. It just, it just flies. So that's what they were busy with. They were busy trying to take down Abraham Avinu. So the Torah tells us, Hashem made a miracle. Hashem had to make a miracle. That they looked exactly alike. Otherwise, we wouldn't have believed it, even though he wasn't the Akara. Yeah, we have to look into ourselves. We have to look into ourselves and stop wanting successful people to fall because you're not that successful. So you become successful. So you strive to, to do better. Okay. Now. Let's go on. And Yitzhak was 40 years old. Every part I want to have a question on. Okay, the question is over here. This is, by the way, I'm to get this book out on DNA, spiritual DNA. So the first story of spiritual DNA, where we see spiritual DNA, this is the icker of my whole book. This, this Pasha. Uh, the, the, the first spiritual DNA that we see, right? As we, as whoever's listening. So this physical DNA where you have certain DNA from your parents, whether it's the color of your eyes, the color of your skin, the color of your hair, diseases, right? Um, that's why they have all this genetic testing. That's genetics. DNA is genetic. So, so, um, the first time you see DNA, spiritual DNA is by Adam and Chava. Chava ate from the tree. By eating from the tree, she did it because she was jealous. We know we learned this before that 
once the Nach, she, she, she never wanted to eat from the tree, but once the Nacha showed up, he said, Hashem has something you don't have. She immediately was jealous, and then she ate from the tree, which caused death in the world. She brought death into the world. It didn't even skip a generation, because sometimes genetics, DNA skips a generation. It didn't even skip a generation, and the next generation, Cain kills Havel, death, because of jealousy. So it didn't even, it didn't even jump. Okay? Alright. Now, here, for some reason, that why is the Pasek telling this? Yitzhak was 40 years when he took Rivka the daughter of Mesuel well Rivka we knew from last week's Pasha when she introduced herself by the by the well that her father was Mesuel and her husband and her brother was Lavan and those were not good people so why would the Pasek tell us this Ha'arami he was a crook from a city that were crooks the sister of a crook, Leilisha. What are you doing to her? Why are you saying this? Just say, but he is a bum shana bekachdes rivka. Why are you going? Why are you doing this and saying all the bad stuff? Right? Showing you that she's surrounded by bad people. You still. Oh, Zok Rashi. Don't we know she was from this place? She was the daughter of a Russia. Acha is Russia. She was the sister of a Russia. And she sort of like Noach. And she was from a place of Risham. And she didn't learn from um from their from their bad things. Okay. Now we're gonna try we're gonna go a different angle on this. We'll see soon. We're gonna answer my question on this. Rashi says Taka was to learn Shrach on her. And Yitzchak daven to Hashem opposite his wife. What does that mean, opposite his wife? Some of the say that she was on one side of the of the porch, of the roof, and he was on the other side. Okay? Ze'oimeh, says Rashi, b'zabazu, u'mispalo, b'zeh'oimeh, b'zabazu, u'mispalo. One brought down the Gemara in Tainus, Daphne Gimel. One was on one side of the roof, one was on the other side of the roof. Does anyone in this room care where they were standing? Why would the Torah never tell, why would the Torah tell us that they were standing on opposite sides of the roof? Who cares? What does that have to do with Tefillah? What does that have to do with Tefillah being answered? Who cares where they were standing? Who cares if they were in the room and sit outside and what? No, that's not, that's very nice. That's cute, but it was a husband and wife. Well, what two different things were they doubting for? You're doubting for either what's happening or what's Oh, you listen to my shirim, don't you? Sure. Okay. So, that's number one. Number two, right? Vayeta Yitzchak Hashem, Lunachach Ishtay, Ki Akari He. She was the Akara. Vayeta Loi Hashem, Atah Rifka Ishtay. And Hashem listened to him. And... Rivka became pregnant. Okay, so first of all, we said many years ago, or last year maybe, that, what does it mean, opposite? They were dominating for two different things. They thought it was one child. They thought they had one child. And they had a machlaikas between the two of them. Yitzchak said the following. Yitzchak said, Hashem, if you're giving me one child, give me either a tzaddik or give me a rasha. Don't give me a shushu. Give me a white or a black. A good guy or a bad guy. Bad to the bones. I don't want a guy that's half good, half bad. I don't want a guy that's in the gray area. Why do you say that? Where do you get that from? What? Right, but where do you get that from? Because he had, he had, because of Ramavinu, had a Yishmal. And Yishmal was a Rasha. But in the end, he did Tshuva. So he knew that a Russia, like Yishmael, who was a murderer, who st- stood by the, the, the corners of the Derech and, 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 and kidnapped people and hurt people, in the end became a Tzaddik, in the end he did Shuvah. So he had experience that if you're bad, you could still be, if you're solidly bad, Yishmael was solidly bad, you could become good. So he felt, okay, either way, either way, my child's gonna end up good. If he's very bad, I'll turn him into good. If he's good, he's good. 
What was Rivka's? Um, what was Rivka's? What's it called? Experience. And Rivka had a brother who was Lavan, who was bad to the bone. She had a father who was Besuel. You know why his name was Besuel? Why was his name Besuel? Does anyone know? It's a crazy name, no? So we go back to last week's parsha when Eliezer comes to the to the well. Listen to, listen to what it says. Mahanara, Tevas Mara. She was beautiful, Ma'od, very much. Besula. She was a Psula. The Ish, it goes further. What does the Psula mean? We all know what Psula means, right? A, a woman that's uh, pure. We'll try to keep it lush and nucky because it's on the radio, right? Psula means no man was ever with her. But the Prophet tells you, the Ish la Yada, and a man never knew her. But if you tell me she's a Psula, of course a man never knew her. Why double Lushan? Everyone knew last week's Pasha? Why is it double Lushan? Anyway, why are you talking about this? She was three years old. Like, what's the question? She's three years old. Of course she's a Psula. And if she's a Psula, then a man never knew her. So why do you have a double Lushan? And why are you talking about it all together? Just say she's very pretty. She's three years old. Like, what's the question? So the Medrash says that this low life, her father, Besuel, no woman in his, he was the mayor of a whole country, whatever he was, city. No, I think it was more than a city. No one could get married to their husband before they slept with him. The Romans used to have such a rule. So he took away the Besulim from every girl. So his name was Besuel. So the Torah tells us her father was this guy. You should know that she was a psula and no one ever no man ever knew her was talking about him that he didn't do anything to her whether he didn't do it because it was his daughter or he didn't do it because he was, she was three years old whatever it doesn't matter that's who her father was okay this was not a good guy she was a very bad guy loving a psula very good guy they were very big Risham so now she said like this my darling husband Yitzchak I don't agree with you I have a father and I have a brother that I was shy and nobody could change them. Ravina tried, everyone tried, nobody could change them. You're telling me solid black can be changed to good. I experienced that it doesn't work. I have a father and a brother that it didn't work. They were shy and you can't change them. So I don't agree with you. I'll be very happy if I get a shushu guy. If you get a guy that at least learns, he may go watch movies and he may have an iPhone, but he goes to sit and learn yeshiva. That's better than a, than a loving and a basuel. I'm telling you, they can't change. You're telling me, you got your shmol. I'm telling you the other way. I can prove to you that they don't change. So this was their machlekes. What kind of kid to have? I don't know if somebody asked me what kind of kid I would, if, if I had a choice between those two, what I would want. You know, I'm sure a kid who's in Russia, and they have a kid that's bainini. It's a tough decision. Right, that was, that was, that's machoikas. But you can get a Russia that you can't turn. Asaph had, had, Asaph could have been bigger than Yaakov. It's a big chance. What Yusuf was davening for was a big chance. But, but you, you're, you're a person of your experience. He saw your small change. So you're a person of your experience. I, I lived it. I had a brother like that. Half brother, right? So he lived it. People are, people are from your experience. I, I have this very great hope for kids because I have seen kids come from the most dismal, worst places that you'd ever, never believe that they'd come out of it and they ended up being tzaddikim. And I saw kids that I thought were tzaddikim that ended up nowhere. I have friends like that also. So, so what you experience, the reason I believe in kids is because I've been there, done that, seen them come out of the worst places that nobody ever thought they'd come out of. So once you see, once you, once you experience that, you have an example, then you can believe, you believe, you believe that you can replicate it. Right now, I'm not really talking about it that much, but, um, I just want to show you what just happened now. So, 
So we, you know, the ranch, and 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 uh, we're very excited about it. And there's snow up there, right? Is there snow up there? Still not after today. Not after today's rain, right? Probably not. Huh? Uh-huh. So anyway, so so you know, Baruch Hashem, we're just waiting. If anyone's out there who knows a uh, clinical director, that's all we need right now, we're, and we're ready to open. But my whole thing of the ranch was to give a to give um, a place for Jewish girls, right, to have a kosher place surrounded by Jewish girls. Not, not, not a question of religious, but surrounded by Jewish girls with a taste of Jewish religion. I mean, we don't force it, but... So the ranch is specifically made, not for drug, not for, people, not for kids who are doing drugs, but for kids who have anxiety and, and, and depression and cutting and things like that from trauma that happened to them. And maybe they were doing drugs, they, they went to a drug rehab, they got clean, they're not doing drugs anymore, now they need a place to love them, take care of them, and the horses, whatever it is. It's a year program, 13 to 19 years old. But that, right, and, and, and Baruch Hashem was successful, I mean, we didn't start yet, but we were successful in getting, finding the place, and Amit Hashem will be successful. But all these years, outside of that, we got girls that are drugging, heroin, uh, coke, um, all kinds of oxy and pills and all that stuff. I can't, I don't, we're not a rehab. We're not a detox. We're not a rehab. So what about all the girls that are drug addicts? Where are they going? They're going to worse places than Utah. They're going to drug rehabs. And the first part of rehab is usually a 30-day place. You go for 30 days. Those places are full of drug addicts and not such good people. Remember, they're not going to a Jewish place. So everyone there is doing heroin, was doing heroin and coke and all this other stuff. So I felt I felt a little bad that I didn't have a place for a drug addict. And whoever called me and said, you know, my daughter's doing drugs, I'm like, not not for the ranch. So I was talking to a couple of guys in California a few months ago. I said, you know, if you guys could buy, you see, for drug for drug rehab, you have to have a license. What we have is a school in the ranch. You don't have to, you don't have, to have a drug license. But for this, for, for drug rehab, you have to have a license. To get a license, an Oasis license, takes years. So I met these guys in California, and I told them that if you could buy a license, you're allowed to buy a license, you could find a license, I will be behind you, I'll be your man, I'll send you kids, I'll, 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 I'll talk about it, you know. It would be amazing, but it has to be for Jewish kids only, and only girls, not, not co-ed. Most rehabs are co-ed. So these two tzaddikim, great guys, young guys in California, are closing in two days on a drug rehab. I was there last week. I was not, not, as, a, not as a rehab, but as a, going to see it. And it's this mansion in L.A., like those mansions you see on, on the movies. Huge mansion with a pool and everything else. It's already operational. It's not Jewish right now. Come the 1st of December, it flips to them, and it's all Jewish. They only have six beds, but it's six beds and detox. We have for girls who are over 19 years old. So, so why did I even come to that? Because I saw the ranch. And it was a dream and it came true. So if I could do, if I could do that, then I could do this. And that's, that's 19 and above. Guess what? When we finish doing this, we'll try to find something that's for 13 to 19, a drug rehab. And as you see that you're accomplishing certain things, then you believe that you can accomplish more. Very much, it's very much in, um, in changing your life because as you grow, as you, you take a guy who, who watches movies, watches television, gamble, goes to Atlantic City, um, doesn't really think that he could crawl out of that space. He's just he's just caught up in that. You know, he goes to AC and he watches movies, and he watches a lot of television, and he wastes a lot of time, right? He doesn't think he has the inner strength to say no to anything. So what we do is we don't tell him to take okay, no television, no movies, no AC, no Gaisha music. You know, knock that all out at one time. It never works. You get him to do one thing. Let's say no movies. All of a sudden he realized he thought he always needed movies. He's like addicted to movies. And all of a sudden he realized, he looks in the mirror and goes, I haven't seen a movie in three months. 
Maybe I can stop going to AC. The strength that you get for the next step, for the next step, comes from the first step. You have to start somewhere. Same thing with Shmir Sanayim. To start something. Some people ask, should you just go cold, cold turkey? So drugs, you gotta go cold turkey. You can't just say, uh, I'm only, I'm only smoking two joints a day. You know, it's not five joints a day that you're gonna keep doing it. You're not gonna be able to stop. So certain addictions, you have to stop, finish, cold turkey. But as far, as far as growing spiritually, not, I'm not talking about addictions now. Going spiritually, you have to prove to yourself that you can be successful. And that gives you the strength to do the next thing, to do the next thing, to do the next thing. That's how you grow. And as you get older, you realize, I could dive in, I could, I could dive in 10 minutes longer, I could dive in 10 minutes longer. You don't start off telling a guy you need to dive in an hour and a half. But slowly but surely, you realize, you know what? I could sit in shore, I have a little more patience. Slowly but surely, that's how you grow. And the strength that you get is from the first, the first thing that you broke. You used to go to movies, you thought you needed it. You said, I don't want to go to movies anymore. I don't want to go to movie theater anymore. It's already 20 Shabbat, Matzah Shabbat you didn't go. You know what? Maybe I don't need to have movies. I don't have to watch movies on my phone anymore. And because you realize that you have the strength. We, the Satan throws so many things at us that at a certain point we're just, I don't have the strength. To, I can't make any decisions. I can't say no to food. I can't say no to this. I can't say no to that. I can't say no to some things I'm doing that I shouldn't be doing physically and other things. I can't say no to it. I don't have the strength to say no to it. Because sometimes the hardest thing you don't have the strength to, you start with an easy thing. And you look at it, you're like, wow, I'm much stronger than I thought. And then you take the next step. Whoa! It's like, it's like bodybuilding, you know? Somebody told me tonight that they go on the treadmill nine miles an hour. I'm like, I would die. For sure I would die. Nine miles an hour? So they said, no, they, the, the exercise that they do is you jump on the treadmill for a minute, it gets your heart rate all the way up, and then you, you get off. The whole thing is against the I said, I said, the fastest I go is five. When I walk very fast. I'm like, if I went nine miles an hour, I think my heart would explode. He said, I didn't start that way. I started four. And then five. And then six. And then seven. And then eight. And now I'm doing it ready for a year. I'm able to do nine. But you can't. You physically can't start at nine. You can't do nine miles an hour. What is that per, what is that a mile? A mile per what? 40 seconds? Whatever. It's, 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 it's crazy running. It's crazy running. So even, even, and we know that physically and spiritually it's, it's a mirror. You can't, you can't, you can't do anything physically, go from zero to hundred. You can't. You have to start. You exercise. Anyone who does exercise knows that. Start slowly and faster and faster. You lift, lift weights. You're not going to bench press 300 pounds. You break your neck. You break your back. You start with 20 pounds, 50 pounds, 100 pounds, 150 pounds for a certain amount of time, 200 pounds. So you condition your physical body the same thing as in your spiritual body. You condition your spiritual body and you realize, wow, I did that? I can do this. I can do that. Yitzhahara tells you, don't be from everything. Stop everything. So you, you're like, you stop it, but it lasts two, it lasts two weeks. Because you don't, you don't, you don't know that you have any strength. It's like, it's like you have to run down the block once. That's it. So you walk down the block, and you walk down the block, and it's faster and faster and faster and faster and faster. All of a sudden, you're running down the block with no problem. That's that's how a person has to grow. Anyway, going back to the going back. So, so they were having this argument. So yes, yeah, see, they were they were. How do we get to this? Their experience, Yitzchak's experience was: you could take someone who's a balavera, totally bad, and turn them Yishma. Her experience was just the opposite. You cannot take someone bad and turn them. My experience: I didn't live with Yishma. I lived. With Basuel and Lavan. Those were their experiences. So they down for two opposite things. Thinking that it's one child. Okay? So, the Pasik tells us, which answers a crazy question. The Pasik tells us, that they down the cross from each other, but yet the Hashem, and Hashem listened to him. Right? Which sounds like terrible. Like, like, I, and I gave you this example, I think, last year, two years ago. You know, someone comes to me and like, my wife, we don't have children for 13 years. I'm like, listen, I heard Makubo Rabbi Gamliel told me, I'm just giving a story, it's not true. Rabbi Gamliel told me that if on the last night of Hanukkah, you stand by the candles when you're lighting it, and you say this capital to hill and backwards, for sure you'll have children. It's a Right? So the two of them go, and they say the capital backwards and by the oil, and she gets pregnant. 
and they come back to me and they make a bris and they come back to me Rabbi Wallstein remember last year we came to you Baruch Hashem we davened we cried those, that, that when we lit we said it backwards with tears and we were both crying and Baruch Hashem we have a baby Mazel Tov his name is Shruli I'm like I'm really sorry to tell you this Mr. Schwartzberg but I know for a fact Hashem didn't listen to one word you said what? I have a baby that's only because of him see your father is a bad guy Hashem doesn't listen to you he listens to him you guys would be like Rabbi I can't believe you did that that's like how could you hurt her feelings even if you had even if you had Ruach HaKodesh Rabbi and they came to you in a dream and the Malach said Hashem did not listen to her he listened to I would never tell her that why would I break her heart I would just tell them you're diving good Baruch Hashem, you have a baby. Mazel tov. Over here, how could the Torah tell us this? They davened, they both davened. She gave birth. But no, not because you davened, Rivka. Hashem didn't listen to you. He only listened to him. Why would the Torah do this to her? Why would the Torah tell us her tefillah was not accepted? Rashi, you know why? Because he was the time in Russia. It makes it even worse. What's going on over here? It's a bomb question. Why did the Torah tell me this? The Torah says, it's not what happened here. It's not Hashem listened to him and not to her. Hashem listened to what he said. He agreed with Yitzchak and not with her. What does that mean? Hashem said, he's right. Better black and white than Shushu. He's right. And I will listen to his tefillah. And that's the kind of child you're going to have. Okay, so they had this Ruch HaKodesh and Hashem listened to him and that's the child they're going to have. Okay, so she said, okay, if that's, my husband's right, he's right. Yishmol, right, he's right. What happens? She goes past the yeshiva and the baby's trying to get out. She goes past an Apple store selling iPhones and the baby's trying to get out. Can't be. Can't be that he's a tzaddik and he wants to get out, right? He's going past the movie theater and he wants to get out. She, but she thinks it's one kid. So she's like, this doesn't make any sense. If we have Ruch HaKadosh Hashem listen to him, this kid's Shushu. He's not a bad kid, totally. He wants to get out of Yeshiva and Shul. So you gave me a Shushu kid. Listen to the Pasuk. But he's raised to one of and the children were fighting inside her. One wanted to get out of the base manager. She thought it was one. He wants to get out of the base manager. He wants to get out into the movie, the in Cain, if this is the case, why did Hashem listen to me? You, Hashem, you told me you listened to him. But if I have a shushu kid, would you listen to me? Now listen to his neighbor So where did she go? If you look at the actual words, right? She went to Yeshiva Shem Ve'ever and asked Shem what's, what's going on, right? She went to the Makobal. But the word that the Torah uses, Hashem. She went to figure out to, to, to how we say Lidrish in English. Uh, give me an English how they chant Lidrish. She to but she went Lidrish says Hashem to to understand what Hashem said. You said you listened to me. You said you listened to Yitzchak. Meanwhile, you gave me a kid who shushu Lidrish Hashem to understand. What God said. God said he listened to him. Meanwhile, it looks like you listened to me. So the lotion of the Pasuk is so beautiful. She went, literally, says Hashem, to understand. I don't understand what you said, Hashem. You said you listened to him. You know, you gave, you gave me one baby. She's thinking, that's listening, that's listening to me. How does he translate it here? Hold on. To inquire. And she went to inquire of Hashem. I don't know what you're doing. Oh, the Rosh Hashiva said, Shame said, I'm sorry, Rifki Menu, Hashem didn't listen to you. What do you mean? My kid's jumping out by Yeshiva. He's a shushu guy, right? You got twins. It ain't one boy. It's not one, it's two. One is white and one is black. 
or red. But one is solid tzaddik, and one is solid rasha. Shem didn't give you a shushu kid that goes to the movies and goes to learn the Torah. He gave you one guy that only goes to the movies, and he gave you one guy that only learns the Torah. So then she didn't say one more word. If you see, she didn't say anything anymore. Right after that, so she gave birth. She didn't say anything anymore. She understood. She went. She understood that it's two different children. And now she understands why Hashem said he listened to Yitzchak. And even though she understood, so what happened to Yitzchak? So what happened? Yitzchak was wrong. It's the state of Russia. She was right. Rivka was right. So the Gemara says that, that Asa was bigger than Yaakov. If he would have done tshuva, and he could have done tshuva, if he would have done tshuva, he would have been bigger than Yaakov. By the, the, the table is set by Mashiach, we should see it soon, for the Arba Yimahos and the Arba Avos. The Arba Avos, what do you mean? Arba the Shlosha Avos. Asa was supposed to marry Rivka. Asa was supposed to marry Leah. Asa was supposed to be the, four, the fourth Avos. And he was supposed to be bigger than all of them, it says. But he didn't do tshuva. But he could have done tshuva. Okay, so, um, so that's, that's the story over here, but you see very much over here, spiritual DNA. So I want to say, of course Rashi's right, but I want to say that the Torah is telling us in that Pasuk that she was Baspasul Arami, Achois Lovan Arami, to explain to us how they had, how they had a, an, how they had an Aesop. And by the way, Lutsani Adar, right, brings this down, and in the Sefer, it brings down many for him. But Sani Ador said, we have a proof. We have a proof. Listen to this. Because once you go viral like that and you attack someone like that, not only is it all lies, but you can prove your lies. Prove your lies. So this is what they said. Listen to this. They said like this. If Avram Avinu was Yitzhak's father, Avram and Sarah, right, were Yitzhak's father, there's no way that out of Yisra could have come an Esav. The reason there's an Esav is because Sarah was a Zadek, so she had ya- Yaakov came from her DNA, and and what's it called? And Esav, there's no way that Avram could have a grandson Esav, they said. It has to be from Avimelech. That was their proof to what they were saying. What they were wrong about is because there's a thing called spiritual DNA. So therefore, this Pasuk over here is saying let me just tell you who Rivka was. She was the daughter of Besuel, and she was the, the sister of Lavan. There is some bad DNA here. Bad DNA. So, I need to introduce that to you before Esau is born. In the next few Pesukim, Esau is born. I need to let you know where she comes from. It doesn't come from nowhere. Rus was a tzedekist. Rus was, Rus came from Moab. In the end, David Melech had had, had an Afshalom. He had, he had some kids that weren't so like you know great. So the, the spiritual DNA thing is a very real thing. You see it. You see it all over in the Torah, to the positive and to the negative. There's a thing called spiritual DNA, but you can't change. You can't change it. You can change it by by changing who you're supposed to be. If Esav would have been a tzaddik, then that whole spiritual DNA from the Suel and Lavan would have been gone. He just didn't. He just didn't do tshuva. So I, I think that's a very important, very important um, lesson for us that you need to know that you are creating the spiritual DNA for your children and your grandchildren. And and you know a person, you know I have girls that struggle with sneers. I have girls that don't struggle with sneers. Why? Because probably somewhere up the line, one of their mothers, you know, was struggling with sneers and she overcame it and she was a tzaddikista and therefore. It, this girl's DNA is different than the girls whose parents, whose grandparents or whose grandparents did not. You know, we know in the physical world there's DNA because when you go to the doctor, the first thing they make you write down is your, is your history. What do you care about my grandfather if he died from cancer or a heart attack? If he died from cancer, we have to be worried about you. If he died from a heart attack, we have to worry about you. So they always check your histories. Always. If you have no diabetics, you probably won't be a diabetic when you grow up. If you, Parents are diabetics, and your grandparents are diabetics, you're probably going to be a diabetic. Oh, it's not fair. What's not fair? What did I do? That's genetics. That's how we, that's part of the creation of the world. So, so, huh? I just answered why answered him and not her. He wanted a child that would be either black or white, solid, and she wanted a shushu child because she came from a home where you couldn't change the black to white. 
So Hashem gave him, gave him what he asked for. He had a Russia and a Tzadik. He had two kids. But Esau could have been bigger. What's better? If Hashem said that's better, then that's better. No, 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 why the Kriyosh Bokho answered him? Because... So you're saying it might be because of that, not because she was right? In the end, she was right. Because Esau didn't turn into a tzaddik. But then again, this is very interesting, because then again, there's a whole medrash that it was Yitzhak's fault. Because he didn't, he didn't discipline him. So it could be that he could have been a tzaddik. He would have been disciplined. He would have been a tzaddik. So the Medrash says it very clearly he didn't discipline him. He disciplined, he disciplined Yaakov. He didn't discipline Esau. Because Esau was a Yudea tzaddik b'fiv. He didn't know from that. Esau was a, was a, was a, was a, a con man. Yitzhak didn't know, Yitzhak didn't know from that kind of stuff. Yitzhak was very straight. Very, very straight. So Esau was able to fool him. Exactly what that means, and, and you know how he fooled him. There's a lot of midrash. I mean, you can't really fool Yitzchak, whatever it was. But you know what? You want to believe that your kid is is good. He was blind, and he came with all these shyness and questions. He wanted to believe that his kid was good. But there's a beautiful. We're gonna learn it inside now. Beautiful, beautiful midrash that shows you that if you love your kid and you never give up on them, um, you'll bring him back. Beautiful, beautiful. I never, I learned it once and I couldn't find it all the years back and I found it today. I found it uh, when I was preparing about Avram and Yishmael. So we're going to learn that, okay? And then maybe we'll come back to Esau. Um, so two things. First of all, Esau had a tattoo. Did you know that? Esau had a tattoo. Do you know what it was a tattoo of? Anyone here know? You ever learned this? This is my safer from the werewolves. You understand? We get all these goodies. Here we go. Ready? They grew up. Esav was a con man. Yaakov was a, a straight, straight as an arrow learning. If you look in your, in your Chumash, at Onkelis, or the Yonis of Benazil, they call your day at Sayed, that he knew, that he knew how to con. Givar Nachshirchan. Okay? Um, a man of the snake. Shoisel Esav Dumus Nochash Chakuka Ayurecho. Esav had a snake on his thigh. The Amalek, not a real snake, a, a tattoo. The Amalek, Shubizera Esav, who Sherish Nochash Haked Maini. Amalek, who came from Esav, is the shavish of the snake? Ulechen kishenevak Yaakov and Mamalach shuhoya sarish al Esav. When Yaakov later on is fighting with the Malach, who was the sar the sar of the the angel of Esav, Rosa lahazik Yaakov, and he wanted to hurt Yaakov. Naga bekafki recho, he hit Yaakov in the thigh where he and his thigh had a snake. Naga bekafki recho, v'zev nachash Yaakov. Vatam. What's the reason Shachakak Esav Dafka Yerecho? That he had this tattoo on his thigh. Mavuya Chasam Seifer. The Chasam Seifer says, After he had a bris, Esav pulled the foreskin to make it look like he didn't have a bris. He hit his bris. When it says that he carried a sword on his thigh, it means he had a bris mila. Shalom Mashachalosai. Okay. It says later on that when the when the um, the Nachash Kadmaini, the snake from from the tree, which was the Sherish of Esav, that when um, when Esav of Russia tried to stop Yaakov Avinu from being buried in the Maras Machpelah, Hushim Ben Don came. Right? Everyone knows the story of Hushim Ben Don. He was deaf, and he could not. He didn't understand what Esau was saying. The hit is his right He chopped off Esau's head. Right? You all know that story. 
has to pick his Rabbi Elazar. Lomahogu dafke batos rashoi. Why don't he stab him? Why don't he stab him? Why did he chop off his head? So he says, because he knew. Esav comes from the snake. You can't kill a snake unless you chop his head off. Yeah. What's going on here? If you cut the snake in many different places, but not its head, it'll come back together and it'll live. The only way to kill it is by the head. Okay. Now... Wow. He says that there's a machlokas that some people say that he didn't chop his head off, but he hit him in the head so hard that his eyeballs came out. He hit him in the head so hard. The eyeballs of Esau fell out to the legs of Yaakov. The eyes of a snake are very comparable to the eyes of a human. Wow, I didn't know that. Okay. Now, the story that I want to tell you. I think it's a very meaningful story. And a very important story for people who are bringing up children. Let me just see. I marked it off. This is very important for us. Ah, here. Okay, listen to this. I, I learned this a long time ago. I couldn't find it. Now I, now I found it. Okay. It's also in the Pekadari So we all know the story. What happened with Yishmael? Right? Yishmael was causing trouble for Yitzchak. Sarah said, get him out of here. Avram said, he's my kid. I don't want to get him out of here. I'll straighten him out at home. She said, no, he can't stay home. He's a machti. By the way, this is the basis of a lot of my chinuch that I believe in. I don't believe you should ever send the kid away. But if you send the kid away, you should know where you send him. And if he's a machti, then you need to send him away. The only time you send a child away, whether it's in yeshiva, I only, in all my life, one kid, one kid, one girl, I sent out because she was selling drugs or whatever she was doing. And she was a machti. A machti in my school? In my school, the, the girls know the rule. Even if you're doing something wrong, I'm not going to throw you out. But if you're causing someone else to do something wrong, you can't be here anymore. I have no right to allow another person to be hurt by you by keeping you here. So as long as you're doing your own stuff, even if it's drug, whatever you're doing, you can stay. But if you're selling drugs in school, I don't, out of here and don't ever come back. A machti. So sorry, Menu said to Abraham Avinu, it's very nice, you want your son, you love your son. He's taken my son Yitzchak down. So they went to Hashem. And Abraham said, I want to keep my boy Yishmael here. And so I said, but uh, he's, he's ruining it. Like Hashem said, out. So the basis of, you know, some people say, never throw your kid out of the house. I agree. Never throw your kid out of the house unless he's taking down your other kids. Then you have no choice. But if you do, you still have to show them that you love him. In yeshiva, if you have to, because the guy's a machli, you can't throw him out till you find another place for him. And someone told me this is interesting because you get this from this medrash. Someone said, did you ever hear of a yeshiva that threw a kid out and continuously followed him and called him every week how are you two years later call the kid that they threw at yeshiva what yeshiva are you in how are you doing can we help you once they throw him out that's it it's over there's no connection anymore but here we learn something very different if you want that kid to turn around then if you throw him out and you really love him and you have to throw him out because he's a machti why are you letting go of him why aren't you calling him every month the rebbe should take him out to eat just, just, he's hurting someone else in school but if he's out of school he's not hurting anyone else He's not hurting anyone in your school. So why do you, when you throw him out, you t- totally disconnect from him? So there's, there's a, there's a, there's a pick of the Rebbe Leather that's exactly opposite. If you throw, if Chastrasham, you have to throw a kid out, you have to stay in contact with him. You have to show that you love him. You threw him out because he's saving the other kids. But once he's out, why aren't you talking to him? Listen to this. So he had no choice, Abraham. Hashem said, out. I'm going to tell you something wondrous and new. The period of the other periglamid. He tells us the story, what happened after Avraham threw out Yishmael mi Beisoy. 
Avram never forgot from his, never forgot him, even though he threw him out. The minute Sarah died, what did he do? When Sarah wasn't there anymore, he went to see Yishmael, his son. Yishmael was 27 years old, when he was thrown out of the house of Abram. When he left, he got married to a woman from the Avas Mayav. Her name was Isa. Okay? Yishmael married Isa. Isa came from Moab. After three years, Halach Abram, oh, she was still alive. I'm sorry. Sarah was still alive. After three years that he threw him out. So now he's how old? 30. Right? Halach Abram, Leroy says, Yishmael, but no. He went to see his son. He threw him out. He waited three years. He went to see how he's doing. She was still alive. And he swore to Sarah. That he's not going to get off his camel. When he goes to visit Yishmael, he's not going to get off his camel and move in there. He's just going to go visit him. Okay? Why she made him swear, I don't know. Like, what's, were you worried Avram is going to turn back? I don't know. But that's what she did. He got there midday. Okay, Avram got to Yishmael midday. What? He was thrown out at 27. And now now he's 30. And Avram Avinu met Isa, the wife of Yishmael. Amala. Avram Avinu said to her, Hechon hu Yishmael, where is your husband Yishmael? Amala. He went to get, he went with Hagar, his mother, to the Midbar, to the desert, to gather dates. Abraham Avinu said to his wife, Isa, could you give me a little bread and a little water? He traveled all the way there. Because I'm very tired. So she said to Avram, I have no bread, I have no water. Huh? She's getting him back. Allah, he said to her, when Yishmael comes back, tell him the following, he sent him a, a secret message. Tell him the following message. That an old man came from the land of Canaan. I guess she didn't know who Avram was. She never met Abram. So he said, just tell him. He didn't introduce himself. He said, tell him an old man came from the Eretz HaKanan, to see you, to see Yishmael. Tell him a message, in the end, the house will not be good. Because Yishmael understood that the house means the wife. When he came back, his wife told him that. She knew right away that what, what his father was saying, she Now I do know. Oh, so they got him another wife, and her name was Petuma. So he divorced, he got the message, who was, he knew who the old man was, and he got the message that this is not, it's very interesting, because this also ties into the DNA. His father gave him a message, so it must have been an unbelievable relationship because don't give me Musser, you threw me out of the house. What do you give me Musser, who I should be married to? That's what I would say, right? So you would say, like, you threw me out of the house, now you're telling me who to marry? He left them a message. You're from that, sort of what he was saying is that you're from the house of Avram, it's a house where someone's hungry and tired, they get to eat. This is not the right wife, right? So she went ahead, Hagar, his mother, and got him another wife, and her name was Petura, Petuma. Okay? Three years after that, Halach Abram was each one night. Went to check on his son again. And he swore to Sarah again, I'm not getting off the camel. He's not getting off the camel. He got there midday. He met the, the new wife. Where is Yishmael? I guess he always went with his mother. He went with his mother, Leo says, to uh, graze the, the camels in the midbar. Oh, my So he said to her, Please give me some little bit of water, a little bit of bread. I'm tired. 
She took out bread, she took out water, and she gave it to him. Don't forget, they didn't know with Avram, they never met him. Avram Avino stood up and he prayed for his son. And from those brachas, Shmuel's house was full of good. When he got back, Shmuel, his wife told him what happened. This is Neyudik. And Yishmael knew that until now, that his father was always thinking of him, and his father had pity on him. You hear? He threw him out six years before that. But Yishmael knew my father came. He cared about what kind of wife I had. He cared about what kind of house I had. He said, oh my gosh, dad never gave up on me. This is amazing. That Avram Avinu never forgot his son Yishmael. Even after he threw him out because Hashem gave him a commandment to throw him out. He went to visit him these two times. And he still gave him discipline on the derech for the way to live. And he, and he gave him a rem as a hint to, to divorce his wife. And he did it. And what came from this? What came from this? That he came to visit twice. And then he disciplined his kid. He didn't help his kid do Averis. He didn't help his kid do the wrong thing. He said, I'm your father, even though I threw you out. I'm telling you what's good for you. I'm not going to help you do the wrong thing for you. I'm going to tell you what's good for you. What's good for you is this is the wrong woman. You think it's a chutzpah. How dare you say something? You threw me out. No, I love you and I care about you. How do I show you that I love and I care about you? That I come to your house and I see there's something wrong and I tell you about it. Not that I make believe everything's good. What is it, She says, it's a nifla. Hashem said, throw him out. You think, throw him out. I'm never allowed to talk to him again. No, he's a father. Oh, now you dig. She'll if a parent that's like that. Wow. You hear? Hear what's going on here? It's Neyudik. Can never give up. And, 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 and therefore, if you throw a kid out of Yeshiva, you have to go visit him. You have to care about him. You have to see how he's doing. And if he's not doing the right thing, you need to tell him. In a loving way. And in the end, he'll do tshuva. Hashem told me to throw him out. Why should I talk to him again? The Shiva decided. The Rosh Shiva decided. We have to throw him out. Why should I talk to him again? There's a bigger Rosh Shiva. Hashem said, throw him out. Said, what are you, I should go visit him? Hashem said, throw him out. He's a Russia. No. He went twice. But the goddess that Avram Avinu, he didn't have a relationship. He didn't see him, right? He threw him out. He says, this woman's not good for you. You know why? Because you're my son. It's my DNA. And Avram's DNA is never say no to someone who's hungry. Now I'll tell you Chiddush that I came up with today. Who was he married to, Ishmael? No. The first one. No. What's more, what's more, what's more of the, what's their problem in their midos? No, that we went by, we asked them for bread and water. We asked them for bread and water and they didn't give us bread and water. So he married someone. So you want, you want DNA? This, Parsha is dripping with DNA. The first wife was from Moab. Of course you're going to say don't eat. They were the biggest ingrates. And later on, when Kleistrel needed water, right, we saved Lot. He saved Lot, right? Moab, Moabis didn't give to eat or to drink. It went all the way thousands of years later to Kleistrel, coming out of Mitzrayim, they didn't give to eat or to eat. Said Avram Avinu, I don't want this in my DNA. She is not for us. He went ahead and he married a girl who gave him to eat and drink. He says, now I'm going to give a bracha to your house. And Taki gave a bracha and the whole house just turned up. And I'll give you a bracha because this is a house that the DNA, if my DNA will be in, my DNA will be in, I want to give it a bracha. I don't want to give a Moabi a bracha. She's going to, she's going to make millions of dollars and not give it to anybody. From the beginning to the end of this parasha, of this story, is dripping with DNA. 
with spiritual DNA. What? With, if they say if you find a Jew that's not a Bnei Rachamim, he's not a Jew. What? So, so that that's not Yishmol is the opposite. Yishmol today, if you go into and, the, and this comes from Avraham Avinu, and they'll tell you that. And the, this comes from this whole story here with Yishmol. Yishmol, one thing, if you come to them, to the Bedouins, they give you to eat. You're not allowed, if you go and you don't take to eat or drink, they will kill you. Yeah, really. You have to sit down, they give you to eat, they give you the drink, it's very important to them. They'll tell you, Ishmael will tell you that's from Abraham, that's where it comes from. And uh, they're very much like that. Then they'll shoot you, then well, they'll say, once you leave the premises, they can kill you. No problem. But when it comes to eating and drinking, they have a mitzvah that they have to give you to eat and drink. Where did that come from? Even Yishmael has DNA. Everyone has DNA, spiritual DNA. It's amazing. So, what I spoke about a few, this is unbelievable, this is unbelievable measure. This is such a deep measure for every parent. For every parent. Even if you don't get along with your kids, you, 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 you can never let go of them. You gotta go visit them, you gotta talk to them, and, and, and if you see they're doing something wrong, you have to tell them. Yishmael was great though. You have, you have to think about it from Yishmael's side. He was willing to listen to Avram after he threw him out. So they had a very, very interesting relationship. Why Sarimelo didn't want him to get off the camel, I don't know. But he had to swear. She didn't want that relationship for some reason, whatever. She didn't want Yishmael in the relationship. So he said, you, should, you don't belong. You don't belong. You can't, you could hear, you went fall a little bit, and then that's a college for the last time. She was very smart, sorry, man. But anyway, that's the lesson. I think that's the lesson of tonight. That's the, that's the lesson. It's takaplia. It, it's, it's an unbelievable, um, and, I, and I had learned this before. And it's, it's a picket of Rebbe and, and no one should ever forget this. I was listening to this share. And any, anyone who's a Rebbe or anyone who's in Chinuch, just keep throw a kid out. You see from here, it's still your responsibility. He's your responsibility to visit him, to see how he's doing. And if he's doing the wrong thing, to talk to him about it. You could say, you know, today's day and age, they would tell you, what a chutzpah. If this story would happen now, what a chutzpah. How could a parent throw a kid out and tell him how to live? Oh my God. That's such a, that's abuse. You threw him out of your house. You lost all your rights when you threw him out of the house. You have no more rights. How dare you go and tell him how to live? And Rum's like, just got threw him out of the house. She told me to throw him out of the house. Doesn't mean I don't love you. How do, how do you know I love you? I'm like, this girl doesn't, this, this girl's not for us. This is the one girl. And that Yishmo listened. Meant he had an unbelievable chinuch. Because what kid would listen after you throw him out of the house? Like, Dad, you're out of my life. Have a good day. Right? What kid would listen? He listened. He right away, he right away switched to, and Hagar was the one who got him the new wife, and Taki, he remarried Hagar. Avram Avinu remarried Hagar. You see that she was always with her son. She went out to the camels, she went out, she was always with him. When he wasn't home, she was always with him. So this is a lot of learning on relationships here. A lot of learning on relationships. She talked, he got thrown out, he got thrown out, they stuck together. In the end, he, in the end, Rashi says he, he, he did true. Shmuel did tshuva, and he picked the other. The other says, "Why did he do tshuva? Because his father came to visit him twice, and his father showed that he cared. How? By letting him do whatever he wants? No, by saying this is no good for you." And Yishmael, and Yishmael showed his father that he believed in him. It's, 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 you, the more you, the more you think about this whole picket, it was. It's, it's not normal, but it's, a, it's, it's, it's very important for all of us. And I hate to say it, that um, I, I made the, the one girl that I threw out of my school. Um, I couldn't talk to her. She was so angry at me. And two years after I threw her out, I was standing by the Kosel, and it was Erev Yom Kippur at night. It was the night before Yom Kippur. No, it was Vasik and Erev Yom Kippur. So I got there like 3 o'clock in the morning. I remember it like today. And I hope she's listening to this tape. It was the only girl that I ever threw out of school in my life. And it bothered me a lot, but there was no one, there's just no one to talk to over here. And I didn't talk to her for two years. She didn't want to talk to me. I didn't want to talk to her. Just didn't go. And I'm standing there, three o'clock, three thirty, three o'clock in the morning. I'm standing in front of the coastal, and it's Erevim Kippur. This is five years ago, four years ago. And I'm looking at the coastal, and I'm saying, "There's one girl out there that I threw out of school, and she probably is holding such a grudge against me." 
And I never followed up on to see how she's doing. I picked up my phone, was facing the crystal, it was three o'clock in the morning, and I called her. She picked up the phone. It was nine o'clock at night in, in uh, or eight o'clock at night in America. She picked up the phone and said, this is Robert Wallerstein. I was quite on the other line. I'm standing in front of the Christo. I did what I thought was right for, for the rest of the school, but I hurt you. And even if I'm right, at the end of the day, I hurt you. So I don't want to go into Yom Kippur unless I get your forgiveness. She didn't know what hit her. She was not expecting the call. She didn't know what hit her. She said, thank you for calling. It's going to take me a while to forgive you, but I'll work on it. Every Yom Kippur since then, at 3 o'clock in the morning, I call her. Now, now we're good. I call her. At the end of the day, just because you throw someone out, doesn't mean you should forget about them and disconnect from them. And this is what we learned from Avraham Avinu. Hashem threw him out. And he, 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 and Baruch Hashem, I'm in a different world. Since, since I got her Makhila and we talked to each other, her parents called me. They were like, you don't understand what you did by calling her. You do not understand. She's carrying this in her heart for two years. It's destroying her. And that you called her? You don't even understand what you did. And I was totally right. Totally right. What I did, I had to do to save other girls. I don't have a question in my mind that I was right. Well, sometimes when you're right, you're wrong. Because sometimes when you're right, you hurt somebody. It still hurts. Just because you're right doesn't mean the other person's not hurting. That's what I learned. And I think a lot of people need to learn that. Just because you're right doesn't mean the other person's not in pain. And for that pain, you need mechila. You need to make it right. And how do you make it right? By, by what Avraham Avinu did. I threw you out, but I didn't forget you. I didn't forget you. Not only didn't forget you, but it's very important to me how you live your life and who your wife is and how your house is brought up. And that's a very important lesson to learn from this week's parsha. And we can be very proud, all of us, that we have the whole Jewish world has amazing, amazing spiritual DNA. But we got to use it. You know, if your DNA is your pit, you, your father or, or mother is very intelligent. So you were born with 145 IQ. It's also DNA. Intelligent people have intelligent kids. Tall people have tall kids. Fat people have fat kids. No, not really. But short people have short kids, right? And that's our DNA. But so you have DNA that you have 145, uh, uh, you know, IQ. But if you don't use it, if you don't use it, it's worthless. It's like it's like yichus. If you don't put a one in front of all the zeros, if Gifta said yichus is zeros, everybody got very upset. <gasps> The Rebbe or the Rosh Hashiva, from there. what do you mean zeros? He says, it's all zeros, but once you put the one in front of it, then it depends how many zeros you have. So he says, the one is you. Your, your father could have been a Godel, your grandfather could have been a Godel, your great-grandfather could have been the Chafetz Chaim, and your great-grandfather could have been the Vilna Gain, but if, if, if you don't use it, and you, you, you watch your movies and go to Atlantic City, so, so what did your DNA do for you? So Klaistro has amazing DNA. We have crazy DNA, we have to use it to use that DNA and create good DNA we can create our own DNA I wish you all be safe to see Avraham Avinu and Yitzchak and Yaakov and, and all the Ovis Avaseinu and the Imais these are the parshas of the Ovis and the Imais and Bikarev uh, have a very wonderful amazing week thank you you've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com